They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now, they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are... Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling! Wrestling powered by Pro Wrestling I am Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, Prime Time John Paz. John, what's going on, buddy? Hey, yo, what's going on, Chad? Nothing much, and partner, today on the show, we welcome in TNA Impact Wrestling Superstar. Uh, I guess spotlighted Global Force Wrestling superstar, and that is formerly known as Brodus Clay, the monstrous Tyrus, is joining the program today. John, what are your thoughts on the monstrous BC Tyrus and what he had to talk about? That was a lot of fun talking uh, to Tyrus, a.k.a. Brodus Clay. You know, it's pretty interesting when you actually you, know, you get to talk to some of these guys that used to be in WWF or excuse me WWE, and uh, you know some of them you know they're either in TNA or you know wherever they end up being, and sometimes you think they'd be bitter, but it's funny talking to uh, Tyrus, you know, not bitter at all. He's actually happier because he gets to actually work now, and he you know he's not just uh, basically a guy just dancing and entertaining because he actually enjoys the sport of professional wrestling. Oh yeah, he's a student of the game, if you will. He's uh, he's definitely got uh, a lot of great references to his work and what he definitely tried uh, to accomplish. What I found very funny is he does not. Well, I guess not funny, but ironic. He does not like basically the generic big man tag because he feels like he does more than just what a big man does in uh, in pro wrestling, and uh, I found that to be quite fascinating because. Uh, you know, you almost, when you hear that, you don't want to offend him because I, I said in the intro, you know, that he's uh, the best big man going in the business and this and that, but uh, he doesn't like that, you know, basically generic tie to just being a, a big lumbering guy. He actually, you know, says that he bumps and he does more than just, you know, your regular big dude. Very, very true. And uh, that just goes to show you, you know, he, like you said, he's a real student of the game and he really just loves, you know, the art and the, the pro wrestling business in general. So it was great to hear him you know, say that, even though, you know, I hate to, uh, you know, go against what he says, but I mean, obviously he's, you know, he's, he's a big man. I mean, <laughs> and like, that's he's how you know, dude, we associate yeah. him. Yeah. But, you know, but that's how, you know, we'll associate him, but you know, in, in a good way, you know, he, and uh, we're talking about him being a better worker than most big guys and so on and so forth. But, you know, he doesn't want to be labeled quote unquote, just a bodyguard. He does. He does it so well, though. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to knock <laughs> what you do uh, very well. But uh, yeah, completely agree. Uh, definitely, you know, not not happy about his exit from WWE in terms of um, what they had him doing when he left. But uh, he wanted to do much more when he got back to NXT, and it kind of seems like he was uh, quite pigeonholed 
And uh, the guy who will make a very brief cameo appearance in this episode, if you listen closely in the background, was another guy who left on his own terms pretty much from WWE, and that is formerly Justin Gabriel, now known as P.J. Black. Uh, Brodus, uh, a.k.a. Tyrus, was uh, on his way to enjoying a nice uh, early summer barbecue with uh, P.J. Black. And uh, we get a little cameo from him, but, uh, you know, I guess it's in that next line of guys who uh, are on to doing things their own way, and he says he's making quite a nice living uh, out from under that WWE umbrella. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, obviously he's with TNA as Tyrus, and he's been paired up. Ken, I wouldn't say in the bodyguard role, per se. He's, he's much more versatile now, like he wants to be, and TNA with EC3. Um, but also, you know, as as you mentioned, he briefly uh, has signed with Jeff Jarrett's GFW promotion as well. So, I mean, he, he's out and about. He says he's doing indies. And as he says, as, as so many of the guys that we interviewed today have said, the indies aren't what they used to be. They've com- completely changed, and, and they're actually, you know, more prosperous, and they're making more money, and they're a lot nicer now than they've ever been. So if you're on the indie scene, you're on WWE, you're still making a boatload of money. Yeah, that's really good. He talks about going to England and the, you know, the 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 heat that he can elicit as a heel, which is awesome. He talks about going overseas for some tours, and it's just really good to hear because uh, he's a really nice guy, and uh, much continued success to Tyrus, and uh, hopefully down the road we will talk to him again and maybe gauge, you know, where things are because he definitely has a, a bright future. And uh, one thing we know not to ask going further is. Uh, we don't need to go back and rewrite uh, what he did working for Snoop Dogg, but my partner here uh, <laughs> felt he needed to, and I don't want to put you on the spot. But was that the uh, is that your favorite part of the interview? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, he was pretty uh, pretty sarcastic in uh, saying, "Oh, you know, uh, he was hoping we weren't going to mention Snoop, or he's going to give us credit for not mentioning Snoop." But yeah, he, uh, I believe it was somewhat in jest, so it, you know, kind of funny. That that was a good part. Um, you know, it was interesting talking to him about uh, Alberto Del Rio and kind of what could have been. I really enjoyed that. I mean, obviously, he, yeah. they, they did work against uh, Edge and Christian. So, um, and then how much he enjoyed working with Ricardo as well. But I feel like um, Del Rio and him would have been a great pairing. It was almost like a great part of the interview because he's talking about what could have been. But if you really think back and, and you think about WWE, it's like, Man, why didn't they just pair those two together? It's just it it almost doesn't make sense. Yeah, I completely agree. They uh Del Rio, another guy in that new crop of post WWE success that, you know, you kinda even though he was very, very uh very much pushed out for a uh, you know, BS incident. Um yes. You know, another guy who has seen much continued success outside of WWE, they definitely had the heels cut from under them, and that's when he turned into the Funkasaurus, which we will talk about the Funkasaurus and that. So with that being said, and before we throw it over to the interview, um, you know, we start to throw out our plugs and we the places you can find us, but I'd like to stress, please subscribe to us on YouTube because I'm going to be throwing more and more of the clips up there from past interviews. Like I like to throw up one to highlight the interview that's coming out, but I'm going to be throwing up more from the archives so you can really get a, a sense of the kind of interviews that we do and the kind of information that we get. We've got such a diverse group of former and soon-to-be coming-on guests that I really think you can enjoy. So please 
subscribe to us on YouTube, and I'm going to let Mr. Primetime give the rest of the plugs out and throw it to the big man. But Primetime, the floor is yours. Now, before I talk about the two-man power trip and all our plugs, I just got to, again, I got to throw it out to Pro Wrestling Tees and ProWrestlingTees.com. I got to throw it out to my boy, Ryan Barkan. He has been behind the scenes. I mean, not, obviously no one really knows this, but behind the scenes he's been very integral in helping us out and, and, you know, helping us here and there or maybe giving some advice and basically helping out the show. And he did an interview once for me um, for our sister site, com, which is a great article. It's also up on our website as well. So I just want to throw out to him and say thank you and congratulations on the second anniversary or almost, I guess I say, happy birthday, happy second birthday to ProWrestlingTees.com, which continues to flourish and continues to grow. And it's just an amazing, amazing site. And any wrestling shirt you can ever think of is on that site. So please go out of your way. It not only helps you know, ProWrestlingTees.com, but it also helps the wrestler because they actually get 50%, which is much, much more than any standard deal you see anywhere else, including WWE where you only get like a modest 10% of your merchandise and your royalties. So please go to ProWrestlingTees.com and buy some shirts. And now the two-man power trip of wrestling plugs. Like Chad mentioned, YouTube, please go on there. Also on Facebook, two-man power trip of wrestling. Like us there. Got a, a ton of stuff every day we put up on there. Also, don't forget about the Twitter machine, at WrestlingPal and at two-man power trip. Always some good anecdotes on there. And then, of course, iTunes. Subscribe to us there. Please leave us a review. We would love to hear your feedback. Always releasing episodes Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So that is great. Also, please check out the website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. Also on there, on the upper left-hand corner, you will see an Amazon link. Please check Oh, excuse me, please click on the Amazon link and check that out and do your shopping there. So we get a little bit of kickback and we greatly appreciate it and greatly helps out the show. So right now, without any further ado, I must send it over to a great, great interview we did with a great big man, one of the best big men in the sport right now. That is the former Clay, the formerest Monster BC that is... TNA's Tyrus. Please enjoy. And now, simply as Tyrus, he's here to dominate. And at this time, we welcome Tyrus to the two-man power trip of wrestling. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, fellas. Uh, It's our pleasure. Now, we're at a kind of very interesting time in the wrestling business. There's a lot of things happening in different segments, and, you know, there's there's a lot of questions floating around out there, and one of them is with Global Force Wrestling announcing their roster reveal a week ago. We saw your uh, image pop up in one of their videos, and uh, kind of our, our first question is, uh, what's your status? Are you going to be joining Global Force Wrestling full-time, or are you still with TNA? Um, like I said, I have, uh, I have a contract with TNA and uh, Outside bookings and things like that are just that. But uh, then with TNA, um, for the better part of the, this last year, um, you know, um, we've got a great relationship with them. Um, until they tell me something different. 
Yeah, and, and your time in TNA has been quite, quite impressive. Uh, from when you were brought in uh, alongside EC3 and the role that you play alongside of him, how's the experience been um, coming over and, uh, and joining a new company? Um, well, for one, um, in my work, since I think um, with the time, especially towards the end of the t- my time with the WWE, um, I wasn't necessarily able to do that. Um, so for me, it was important to get back to what I think is important as far as building fans and stuff like that as your work. And uh, I spent so much time uh, under, you know, Double A and um, Dean Malenko and guys like that over being a different kind of – I never want to be classified as a big guy. I feel like the, the term big guy is a, um, almost a crutch to excuse to be lazy in the ring. And uh, I don't work like that. I don't, um, and I really, since being at TNA, I don't do that. So um, there's nothing worse than seeing a guy who doesn't bump, a uh, guy hits you in the face with a drop kick and you don't move. I mean, it's just, it's it just looks bad, and it just makes the guy look bad. So, um, so I try to work that way, and TNA is allowing me to do that. And when the time's right, you know, I'll do more or whatever. But I like to slow build and reestablishing myself. Um, under a new persona, not really piggybacking off my accomplishments in the WWE, although I am proud of my time in the WWE. Um, I like the opportunity to, to build something new. And you were talking about, you know, being a big man, but not necessarily being a big man. One thing I was very, very curious about with your character in the WWE was, did you prefer being, you know, the monstrous, the bodyguard, um, you know, the, the killer heel villain, or did you mind playing like the jokey, the dancing, you know, the Funkasaurus, the I play? I think my frustration was I don't understand why you can't do both. I don't understand. Uh, you can have an Apollo Creed entrance, and but when the bell rings, you can be clever. Like, I think um, that was my goal was eventually to bring the two things together, but you need time in the ring to do that, and you, and you need, you know, people that are willing to let you do what you do. Uh, I never liked being a bodyguard. I always felt like um, I did it because that was the role that was open. But honestly, I don't need a guy in front of me. I never have. Um, I can do it when I'm at NXT. I established that. Um, as a source, I established that. So, um, boxes, but, you know, you got to get your way out. So, um, situation with... Uh, team AC3 is a little bit different because it's my my presence is adding a different element to EC3. I think it's elevating the whole story. I think it's a game changer. Um, and I'm doing things a lot differently. So um, I think you can have it all. I think it's a mistake. Like Dusty Rhodes was all that flamboyant, but he also he was a world champion. Um, he had epic feuds with, with Ric Flair and Terry Funk and all these different people. He never was like he never he danced when he was whooping some ass. You know what I'm saying? There's a, there's a difference. It's just how it's booked. And when you're not booked up to the level of your potential, it's frustrating. Because yeah, no, one, no, one, no one's saying anything about the Funkasaurus if he's, if he's wrestling John Cena for the World Championship. No one's saying anything about the Funkasaurus if he's beating uh, Big Show. Um, people are saying stuff because he got to a certain level and then all of a sudden they just wouldn't allow him to go any further. Um, and you can't control that. Um, and we see that happen time and time again um, in the WWE. Guys that I think are top first ballot main eventers, all-stars. I mean, Cesaro, you cannot tell me that guy should not have been at least on a second title run. Uh, Jack Swagger, you know, big 
Big E. I mean, the list goes on of guys that are there right now that um, could change the game if they were allowed to, would give people a choice. You know, the the Triple H factory is what I call it or whatever. It seems to be running the show and the ratings result in it. So um, it's unfortunate, but a lot of guys go through it, and uh, we all went through it. But um, hopefully someone's able to break through and change that. But honestly, the last, like, breakout star, I think, is probably, you know, Daniel Bryant. So was able to become bigger than the machine necessarily could grab him. But even that, we saw what happened with him, so, um, which is unfortunate because he's a great, great talent and injuries aside or whatever. But, um, you know, there's so many great guys who, if it was 20 years ago, we probably would be, the people, the fans would have crazy choices over who they're going to vote for because we they had Sting, they had Lex Luger, they had Hulk Hogan, they had, they had so many different guys that, you know, Andre the Giant, there were so many different guys that were stars in their own right, Rick Flair. I mean, hell, Arn Anderson, you know, Tully Blanchard. I mean, there was so many. There was so many stars, you know, and I think we, that's kind of been taken away from the fans a little bit, and that's probably why so many independent scenes and stuff are growing, and the international scenes growing, and TNA's kicking again, and you know, Global's coming up, and and um, Lucha, and you know, what I'm saying, and like big time wrestling, and there's so many um, pro wrestling syndicate. There's so many different bodies that are just growing, and the territories are kind of coming back again, you know. Um, I was in Oklahoma two weeks ago and I was wrestling in front of 2,500 people. So, I mean, it's just um, people have a choice. It's just different. Whereas for maybe maybe five years ago, they didn't, maybe six years ago. But now things are kind of changing. I think it's an exciting time to be in wrestling. It's funny you say that because when you actually really think about it, the indie scene now is, is super hot. WB is, I mean, cooled down tremendously. If you could tell by the ratings, they're just not very good, nowhere even close to where they used to be. But it's almost like the indie scene, if you go on the indie scene now, you can make a you know, huge living on it. I mean, just look at now the, the Young Bucks. They turned down WB because they can make way more money on the indie scene. What do you think about the indie scene now? I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but do you enjoy going back to the indie scene? I'm, I'm literally having the time of my life. Like, I'm my own boss. I choose what I do. I choose where I want to work. I'm traveling to every part of this continent. Um, you know, I'm all over the world. Um, I'm busy as hell. I'm doing what I want to do. Um, independent means something different now. I mean, pretty much indie kind of represents not the machine. <clears throat> and I think the body of the wrestling world is kind of like, hey, there is stuff out there and there's stars out there. Um <clears throat> You know, and the you know the young bucks and uh, Drew Gallows, and there's so many different. I mean, in myself, in my own right, I think my popularity continues to grow uh, outside of the WWE, and um, you really don't look back. Guys, you know, guys refusing the WWE. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that because everyone's experience is different, and I think everyone should have. Because the one thing about the WWE is you can, as far as earnings go. You get on, you get in the in the right angle, or you get in the right push, or whatever. You're making money that no one else can, in the country can make. I mean, so ups and downs. Um, I would never trade my time with the WWE. Like I said, I'm not bitter or anything. My time was up. They're, they saw me a different way. I saw myself, and now I'm out to prove. And uh, I think I'm doing that. And um, so anybody that like if anyone asks me, should I go to WWE? 100. percent Yeah, because everyone's experience is going to be different. Um, should I go to TNA? Hell yeah. Should I go to New Japan? Like, you should work everywhere, you know? When you're done, you should look at, I was in AAA, I was here, I worked here, I worked here, I worked here. You know, your bucket list should be in, try to be in every major 
wrestling event as a competitor, as an entertainer, you know, and that's kind of what my goal is. So, um, but like I said, at the end of the day, you know, going to WWE, you got to move your family, you got to spend time with all. I mean, it's a big, it's a big commitment. So it's not for everybody. But um, I definitely would never stick my nose up at it. You know, it's still the NFL, it's still the NBA. <laughs> now you kind of touched on it before. I know I'm skipping around a little bit here, but you kind of touched on it before, and it's ringing a, a true bell with me. You mentioned NXT and your, you know, your brief time there, the, the second time around when you were feuding with Adrian Neville. And that's almost like how I felt like you kind of should have been booked in WWE. You were like the monster scary heel. You're going after, uh, you know, the big dog in NXT. Uh, Neville was the champion. Did you enjoy your last time in NXT and your feud with uh, Adrian Neville? Um, I enjoyed working. I enjoyed being able to be on the mic again. Uh, I was more talking about my time the first run NXT when I was able to actually get on the mic every night and compete against other guys and dominate. You know, I mean. I didn't win it, but we all know that was bullshit. Um, <laughs> and I mean, just being real. <laughs> so, um, but I had the best heel promo in the company. Period. Um, turned a lot of heads, and I wouldn't have been able to do that had um, they not, you know, gave it to the other guy. And as a heel, maybe you shouldn't win it. But um, I definitely showed that, and everybody there showed they had something in the game. You know, uh, Fandango, EC3. If you look at that, you know, uh, every one of those guys is still working and doing something. So that says about that group. And we're probably the most – we were probably the one group that everyone said, who cares? Um, you know what I'm saying? That was like the lost NXT. Nobody really gave a fuck anymore because NXT had been like after the girls ran. It was so horrible. Everybody was not watching it. Um, and we kind of went in there and went into business for ourselves and did our own um, – did our own thing, and they would ask us, what are you guys going to do tonight? And we wouldn't tell anybody. Like, we were a closed group. We worked together, and, um, you know, that was probably the most fun in terms of being creative, the exception of TNA I had. If I remember correctly, your pros were, like, Ted DiBiase Jr. and Maurice, which was weird, but then in the middle of it, you got the switch, and it was Alberto Del Rio was your pro. Yeah, it was like My a deadbeat dad. He never showed up at NXT once. Um, <laughs> so, uh, actually... Hey, <laughs> Sue's probably the best manager um, in this generation, period. Um, hands down. Like, he is like literally a younger version of Paul Heyman. He, I mean, he knows every ounce. I mean, he's he's amazing. Um, great manager. Um, so, but because during that time I had turned some heads, I got put with Alberto De Rio and got to put a chance to work Edge and Christian and stuff like that. So, you know, it worked out or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, it was a good time. And um, I think showed that I was more than what the company was trying to make me be, if that makes any sense. Hey, I mean, Ricardo is great, or what was great for the WWE, you know, in the limited time that he was there. But did you like being Del Rio's bodyguard when they actually brought you after NXT to the main roster? Yeah, I thought it was a great move. Uh, historically, bodyguards with champions turns into great things. Although he got, you know, he got screwed around a little bit, and they split us up, um, and which I always thought was like, you know, kind of strange and weird because we were hot, and you know, what, you know, and Alberto should have been, you know, he should have been champ, but you know, whatever. And being a part of Christian getting his first world title reign in the WWE was awesome because if there was ever a guy who deserved to be champion, it was Christian. Um, one of the just pure gentlemen of our sport, stiff as hell with his punches, but one of the Great gentleman's in our sport. <laughs> he uh, he definitely underrated legend. 
And if I remember correctly, at Extreme Rules, he was a little bit stiffed with you with a ladder as well. Oh, yeah. He busted me in the head with that ladder and bleeding like hell. I still caught Alberto falling 15 feet. So, uh, But it was a great <laughs> it was a great moment. And if you're a wrestling fan, and at the time I was this big monster who snatched his ass out the thing, which, by the way, Big Boss Man couldn't do with um, June Cornette when we did the same exact spot where he ended up breaking his knees because he didn't get caught. And I snatched <laughs> him and I caught him, and, you know, he busted me in the head for it. But I didn't get one drop of blood on the mat, which is a fine, so I didn't do that, and uh, bled like a stuck-eyed pig on the floor, and people thought I was dead. Um, when I look back and I see pictures of that, I was like, damn, it looked like someone spilled Kool-Aid. Um, thir- 13 staples, but it was worth every moment of it, and the greatest moment was I was in there getting stapled up, and the American Dream walked in, and he said, well, damn, uh, Brodus, we can go run this in Omni every night, because that's what I did every night. So the fact that Legend uh, put it over was good enough for me. I did it again, and, and I'm glad it happened, and uh, it was a great moment to be a part of. So how else, you know, Christian's capturing his gold, I'm bleeding everywhere, carrying him out my shoulder. Like, it was a great moment. Yeah, yeah, that that was awesome. But it was kind of weird after that. I guess you went to go film a movie, and you were kind of gone Wait. for a while. Yeah, I did the movie, and, um, you know, came back, and, that's when the politics started and, um, you know, ended up going baby face and that was fine. Um, I, I'm thankful for the Fungosaurus opportunity because I showed that was more than just another big guy who came out and was angry. We had like six of those guys. And, um, you know, was it better for them? Um, did they make marks? Did they change the game? No. And I think people are kind of sick of them. So, um, good for them. And I was able to turn, um, a rib into something that, uh, I would put up there with, with, with Junkyard Dog in terms of, like, fans and the kids, and I'll probably always remember that. And um, so I'm thankful for that. No, it wasn't laced with championships and all that stuff, but uh, I made a lot of kids smile and made people happy and entertained. And at the end of the day, that's what you hope to do. If you're not going to be champion, at least make them, you know, enjoy the show. You can't be the main event, be the first one out. Oh, yeah. Yep. Definitely true. And, how did they approach you about doing that gimmick? I mean, what, what was the thought process? Like, how did Vince, uh, uh Triple H came up to me because he was fighting hard. He wanted me to be a deal. He worked hard. He helped me do those promos. Um, uh, the old man thought, thought I was funny, and somehow funny and dancing kind of go together. I don't know about that. Um, <clears throat> I crack jokes. I'm witty. I'm not afraid to be that guy. But I didn't know how that uh, equated to dancing. Um, so I said, well, can I go see the dream and give me a week to figure it out? And I went to see the American dream and we figured it out. And Naomi was gracious enough to want to help. Cameron was like a little sidekick. And, uh, so we put something together and, uh, then, you know, road dog, Bill DeMont, um, the old man, like everybody was all, was all, uh, for it. And we made it our own. I got a run DMC outfit on and said, let's do this. So, um, but it was touch and go. There was moments where I didn't want to do it. I was afraid I'd end up looking like I was stepping and fetching. Um, didn't want to be that guy. Didn't want the girls to be referred to as hoes. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of things that could have went wrong real quick. It could have been, you know, new date in a second, and I didn't want to end up that way. <laughs> now, you're totally right. I mean, it really well, is. Well, well. What's going on? I call a timeout, man. I'm at uh, Justin Gabriel's Barbecue in and uh, the homie person just came through, so I gotta say, what's up? Oh, no problem, no problem at all. You know, you know, we stick together, we stick together. Okay, I'm back. All right, sorry. All right, cool. Yeah, we uh, we'll, we'll keep you, you know, a few more minutes if you don't mind, and we'll let you get to the uh, to the oh, barbecue. Oh, yeah, no, handle your business, handle your business. Yeah. All right, he's cool. So doing, yeah, no, you're uh, definitely. He's doing, he's doing a 450 with steaks. It's amazing. You should check it out. 
<laughs> Very cool. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, so um, I'm actually going to be on tour with him in South Africa, so I'm really excited about it. Well, that's yeah, and that's you know what that kind of brings me to what I was going to say. You know, you you mentioned it before that you're you know you're like a junkyard dog for uh, you know for the new generation with that uh, the Funkasaurus character and and traveling all over the world. You know, the fans, uh, you're definitely a standout uh, performer in terms of the guys that are no longer under the WWE umbrella. What's that fan response been like and getting that one-on-one time now? Oh, it's huge, and the fact that they, it, you know, it's like, it's like it, when I first started, I was 90-10. They wanted Brodus, or Funkasaurus. Brodus is theirs, Funkasaurus is mine. Um, then on the rights of that machine, um, and uh, they and now it's like they want Tyrus, but they want a little Funkasaurus at the end. They want me to right. suplex their ass around, beat them up, hit them with the spike, and then bring the kids in the dance because it really doesn't matter. Even if I heal out and tell them I only did it for the merch, and I and I hate kids <laughs> and stuff, they, they really don't. You know, they boo me at the time, but then with the match day, they're like, "Hey, can we come in the ring?" I just told you I don't like kids, and I did it for the money. And uh, they're like, "Oh, Funkasaurus." So uh, you know. They don't ever forget. So, you know, no one ever saw JYD turn heel. So. And those, and, uh, uh, but I can't compare because he was, I mean, he was, he was in, in the South, man. He was something else. And if you've never, the fans out there have not, don't know what it is for a guy to be over, look at some Mid-South Wrestling when uh, JYD was there and uh, him and Butch Reed's feud and uh, Hacksaw when Hacksaw was a, was a, was a heel and DiBiase. That was a baby face that was over like you don't even know. Um, and I'm a huge, like I said, I'm a historian. So um, a lot of my references and stuff. That's why I do heart punches and uh, Gordy's uh, Asiatic spike and stuff like that. And uh, I really enjoy my time. Uh, you know. Oh hell yeah, yeah. No, you definitely. Uh, you know, you see those elements that you are. Uh, you know, student of the game, if you will. But uh, what's your uh, what's your favorite crowd to perform in front of? Where's the best uh, best spots to go? Oh man, right now I, I got to give it up to the to the haters in England because they hate me and I love to be hated by them. They boo the hell out of me, but they sing their soccer songs and all that stuff, and it's all it's all it's all good. So right now I got to give it up. Oh, guitar! I was over. I was the crown prince of guitar. Like. Um, you know, um, here in the states, I get a lot of love. Uh, Oklahoma was crazy, so uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty lucky, man. Whether I'm booed or cheered, it's pretty steady. I definitely get reactions and I enjoy TNA. Get booed like like crazy or or cheered or you know, Tyra's um, gonna kill you, Chance, which I'll just be like, shut up, I ain't Samoa Joe. So, um, <laughs> so um, you know, but uh, I've been lucky that I definitely get reactions. And then uh, on the TNA front, you know, got to uh, we got to ask the question. And uh, what are your thoughts on Billy Corgan joining the uh, the old team there, and uh, you know, and, and getting a lot of press for TNA over the last two weeks or so? Well, you know, um, I met him. He's cool. Uh, his music's sad. That's cool. He wears a lot of stripes. Um, <laughs> he kind of looks like the, he kind of looks like the dude from Nightmare from Christmas, uh, the skeleton guy. Kind of like that yeah. weird vibe. He's, a little chubbier, but whatever. Uh, but, like, he's cool, man. He's cool. He seems like, let me do my thing. Uh, that's a big thing about TNA. And they got great agents over there. Abyss is amazing. Like, being under him uh, has been just, just a tremendous learning environment. People don't realize uh, how much knowledge that cat has, man. He's he's really deep and uh, really good. And, you know, Al Snow uh, is amazing. Um, you guys know him as the Hurricane, but that guy has just been, 
really cool. Um, big without he doesn't like to be mentioned, but across the board, man, teenage just been love. Enjoying my time there. Yeah, that's uh, that's very cool. Uh, you know that it's kind of leaked out that he's been on board. Uh, you know, on the on the uh, the agent end there. But uh, how about being reunited with uh, with EC3, old running buddy from the NXT days? Uh, seeing him evolve as well, and finally getting his opportunity to uh, show his character, and then alongside yourself. How's that reunion yep. been for you? I think it's been cool. It's been money, you know, and uh, you know, and the fact that you know we train hard, knock south together, and keep banging out there, and we're doing our thing in the ring. And I'll let him talk right now, and I'll handle my time when he goes. But I think, I think uh, every time he goes out there, it's almost a big like, almost like a big kiss my ass to the people who didn't believe in him, you know. Yeah, and that's totally. Because cool you know, and when the experts, and that's what's the great thing about. Um, desire and people who work hard everybody loves to tell you no but when you don't accept no it, it's cool and um he's definitely one of those guys that has not let knee injuries set him back or anything else so he believes in what he's doing and when you believe in yourself it's a good thing and not to uh not to be cliche here at all but uh you know you have you've obviously you have a lot to, you know i'm sure to still accomplish uh in the wrestling business but what has been What's been one of your standout moments or favorite matches that you've had thus far? Um, wrestling, uh, when I first got out, me and Tommy Swade in uh, Pennsylvania, I wrestled him for his heavyweight championship, won my first title, but uh, we went 20 minutes, and we had these things called falsies, which I didn't even know existed in the WWE. Um, <laughs> and uh, he was my first match, and it was one of those things where afterwards people were like, holy fuck. And uh, it made sense. It was great. Um, and my in my in my first cage match, which was TNA, where I took on the two tiny Englishmen and beat them like they uh, stole something. And I really think that for me was a moment. Um, and recently, I put hands on Bobby Lashley. You guys will see that and enjoy that. But um, I definitely think that. Uh, and in WWE probably for me was be wrestling Edge. I uh, wrestled the heavyweight championship on SmackDown and gave him everything. I thought that was coming out party for me, but then you know the politicians stepped in. Those guys, that shit sucked. I hated that shit. But um, out in the ring, nobody can take that from you. I enjoyed my time, and um, you know, oh, and my favorite guy and least favorite guy to work with, Heath Slater. So uh, <laughs> stiffest jab ever. Jab you in the face, sorry man, and then jab you again. Oh, sorry man. And then the third time, you got to chase him around the ring and put, Wait, hey, don't hit me. Like, he's just, you know, but then, you know, he's always grizzled and cranky. And I'm not doing this tonight. I'm not doing this. And he goes out there and flies all over the place. So he's one of my favorite human beings on the planet. <laughs> and he's probably your least to say, uh, favorite opponent. But who's your favorite yeah, opponent? Yeah, I hate him. Ever I hate had? him and love him at the same time. So, yeah. You know. Um, favorite? Oh, man. Uh, it's got to be, you know, guys that. I've, I've battled a lot, you know, uh, Heath Slater, you know, Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal, uh, JTG, like those guys, like we worked day and night together. So, uh, and, you know, I enjoyed wrestling punk cause he gave me a match with no, no other champions would. And that meant a lot to me. Now, one thing I definitely wanted to ask you about, you know, as we're winding down here, what was it like being the bodyguard for Snoop Dogg? I was just Probably. about to give you guys props for not asking me about bodyguarding for Snoop, and you'd have messed it all up. Um, oh, damn it. Sorry. No, it's cool. Uh, like I said, uh, my time with Snoop was cool. Um, like He was real good for me. I learned a lot from him as far as presence on the stage and showmanship, saying what's on your mind. And, we, you know, we, co- we won a championship in Little League football together. I coached his son. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I coached his offensive line, and I won coach of the year, which he had won two previous years, so put hands on him in that department. Uh, he's a great boss, and uh, I enjoyed my time with him, and he allowed me. He gave me the vehicle to get back to the WWE, and uh, so I'm always thankful. That's why the name Brodus came from, because uh, it's his, his last name. It's just a respect thing. Solid dude. Is there anybody you, like, have, like basically have a dream opponent of a guy that you haven't wrestled but you really, really want to wrestle? Um, well, uh, Kurt Angle was up there, and I'm hoping that happens real soon. Um, uh, fortunately, I only uh, got in the scene, ring with Cena once. I punched him and T-boned him, and everybody thought uh, Miz was uh, the rock. But, uh, you know, Cena was one of those guys that uh, you want to work. Um, uh, but I think right now the big the big X on my map is uh, Kurt Angle. And it could definitely you know. possibly happen with uh, you guys both being in TNA right now. Sooner than later, fellas. Sooner than later. I like that. Oh, hey, now. Well... <laughs> Tyrus, we really appreciate you coming on, man. And you know, with that last uh, that last question about Snoop, we were going to preface it with the John Stossel uh, standard questions, but we thought we'd just try to ease it in. But thank you, uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. Well. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, and where uh, guys, uh, where man. can we find you? Throw out your uh, throw out your plugs. Where can we find you, man? Oh man, just hit me up on Twitter, man, at Brodus Clay, aka Tyrus, or my Instagram, which is Brodus for the one. I'll put uh, all my stuff up on there. And make Please. sure you check well, out Destination America Friday nights until June 3rd, then it goes to Wednesday, and uh, watch you put hands on everybody. Nice. Well, thanks a lot, man. This is a lot of fun, and uh, enjoy the barbecue, and uh, give, uh, give PJ Black, Justin Gabriel, our best. I will do. I will do.